All right, would you guys remain standing as we hear the word of the Lord from Mark 4, 1 through 34. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path. Where the word is sown, where they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown in the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed or not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away." And he said, the kingdom of God is as, it, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated, Gary. Oh, that's not going to be okay. 
going to fall apart, make a mess. Sorry. All right. Thank you, Shelby, for reading. It's about the same amount of verses as last week, but it felt like a lot of verses. Um, Let's pray. Lord, we come to your uh, word, to this uh, passage, uh, these parables, and we, um, we ask that you would open up our ears, that we would listen, that we would hear, that we would understand, and that we would respond to what uh, Jesus is saying and has said and continues to say to us. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. So I want to focus on one particular aspect here. This is a lot of text today. Uh, it was overwhelming as I read through it this week and realized I can't talk about hardly any of this. <laughs> uh, every one of those little parables, there's like five different parables in there, could probably all have its own, I'm sure it has its own sermon, its own uh, point, its own shedding light on the, on the kingdom of God. But in keeping with our spiritual formation emphasis as we walk through Mark, uh, there's, there's one thing that I, wanted, that I want to call our attention to uh, this afternoon. But before I tell you what that is, I want to just recap kind of where we've been with Mark. All right, we've, where this is like sermon five or six. We're in chapter four of Mark. We started out at the beginning seeing this call from John the Baptist that we were supposed to r- repent, that there's a preparation that's involved in the kingdom of God and it's the preparation of repentance. And then we saw that Jesus comes and he begins bringing renewal and people who enter the kingdom of God are people who receive and experience that renewal after they've prepared by repentance. And then Jeremy preached on how the kingdom of God sort of confronts our expectations. It's not what we expect. Two weeks ago, we looked at how Jesus calls us into this Sabbath way of life, resting and understanding that we can rest in him and in the gospel. And then last week, we saw the disciples being called and understanding discipleship as this pattern, this rhythm of being with Jesus and then being sent by Jesus. And so all of those things together kind of form a, a, a chain of things that are beginning to give people, I think, in the story and us, a, a picture of what it means to be and experience the kingdom of God and to know Jesus and to follow him. And so today, there's one thing from this whole entire collection of parables that I want to hone in on, and it's an aspect, I think, of what it means to be with Jesus. Last week we said being with Jesus and being sent are the two big categories of being, being Jesus' disciples. And so then in this story, in these stories, we get one specific aspect of that, and it's this. It's one of the most important things, maybe the most important thing about being with Jesus is listening. Listening. We saw repentance is preparation, experiencing his power, being with him. And in this section, the word listen is repeated 13 times. I don't know if you noticed that when Shelby was reading. Either the word hear or the word listen is repeated 13 times throughout this. And when you read the scriptures, anytime you see a repeated word, that should be like alarm bells going off. Like this is a really important concept. And so we get to this chapter four after all of these short stories, right? We talked about how Mark is kind of rapid fire stories. He tells us about this and Jesus does this and Jesus does this and immediately and immediately and immediately. It's like action, 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 action. It's like an action-packed little kind of vignettes. And then all of a sudden chapter four comes and he stops and he does this thing where he departs and he goes and talks about Jesus' teaching. 
And Matthew and Luke both have a ton more about Jesus' teaching than Mark does. But this is one, one moment in, in Mark where he stops. And I think it's kind of like, a, okay, let's reflect. Let's pause. We've had all this action happen. Let's pause and reflect on what is actually going on and what this might mean. It should give us a minute to stop and reflect on how we're responding to what we're seeing Jesus say and do. So I want you to see how listen occurs here. So if you have your, your Bible, um, it would be good to grab it because we're gonna, I'm going to be jumping through these and the screen may not be able to keep up with, uh, with what we're looking at. So um, going through Mark chapter 4, I just want you to see right in the text what I'm talking about when we talk about listening being the main theme of these parables. Jesus gathers this large crowd to him, and then in verse 3, he starts and he teaches them a parable, and the very first word is a command that says, listen, listen, okay? Listen, there's a command. But then you fast forward, and he talks about the, he teaches the parable about the seed, and then down in verse 10, his disciples come, and they're like, hey, uh, we tried to listen, but I'm not sure we understood. Tell us a little bit about what's going on here. And Jesus has this interesting thing that he says. He says, to you has been given the, the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. So that, and then he quotes Isaiah, and he says that they may see but not perceive and may hear, it's the same word, they may listen but not understand. So there's this distinction, there's this continued theme of listening. And then when he goes and he explains the parable of the sower, it kind of happens a couple of times, but verse 15 is an example here where he says, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown when they hear. Okay, so the understanding, the receiving of the gospel, the coming in contact with Jesus is described as hearing. And then Jesus says down at the bottom of this, uh, the next parable in verse 22 for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except what has come to light. And then he says this sentence, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then at the bottom of today's text in verse 33, it says, with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. So I wanted you to see it, the thread there, that all of the things that Jesus is talking about, all of these parables, they're all centered around this idea of hearing. At first you could read that and think, well, he says, listen, just like a teacher in a classroom says, hey, class, like, listen up, just like, pay attention, right? Pay attention. I'm sure many of you, we, we've, we were talking about this yesterday in our new members class that like half of you in here are teachers. So you have a lot of teachers, you're used to saying, listen, listen, I don't know whether younger, you say it more to younger kids or older kids. Mike, Quint back there teaches what, 10th or 11th grade? He probably says listen. Every third word is probably listen. Calling people back to attention. So you could think, well, Jesus is just calling people to attention. But there's something a lot deeper going on here than just Jesus calling people to attention. Like, hey, people back there, pay attention. People over here, pay attention. This word listen, this command, is a lot stronger and is getting at something deeper than just hearing sounds. And we, we, can, we know this because the New Testament repeatedly emphasizes what hearing is all about. Just two examples. You know this probably from Hebrews 10, 17. Or sorry, Romans 10, 17. It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So that's not hearing just by sounds. There's something about the hearing that allows people to have faith and respond to Jesus in faith. Jesus says in John 10, my sheep hear 
my voice and I know them and they follow me. This hearing is connected more deeply to just receiving sounds but actually hearing and knowing and receiving what Jesus has to offer. And so when Jesus gets up and he says at the beginning of this parable, he says, listen. He's not just saying hear, he's saying actually understand and embrace and receive what I have to offer. He's commanding that when he speaks, there's something more to be gained than just hearing sounds. And so when it comes down to it, this idea of being with Jesus, the the central thing that Jesus is calling for when he comes into the world is for people to listen, to hear. This is the central rhythm of being a disciple of Jesus. To be with Jesus is to, to hear and to listen and to receive what he is teaching. That Jesus is saying, I, I am here from God. God himself, the creator of the universe, is speaking. And I want you not just to hear, but to actually listen, to internalize, to respond. And so everything that we do as disciples is predicated on the reality of actually hearing what Jesus is saying. But Jesus kind of highlights the rest of this chapter and even the very first parable highlights the reality that not everyone who hears sounds is listening. I don't know which one, I I went back and forth this week about which one is like stronger. Do I listen but not hear or do I hear but not listen? Right, it's like I like you but I don't like like you. It's like you listen but you don't listen listen or you hear but you don't hear hear. That's what Jesus is saying. Like people are hearing but they're not hearing hearing. This is this verse where he says, where he quotes Isaiah, where he says, they're seeing, but they're not perceiving. They're hearing, but they're not understanding. And at the end, as Mark summarizes the teaching, he says, he spoke to them in many parables as they were able to hear it. It's not like as they were able to hear it, like some of them are far away and in the back, and so they can't hear it. That's not what he's referring to. He's speaking to them in parables as they're able to actually grasp it like Jesus is dosing it out because he knows if he just gives it to them all at once it's just going to overwhelm them so as they're able to to respond and hear then he teaches them and it highlights for us and this is what I was just thinking processing all week was the difference between listening and hearing or listening and listening listening what does it actually mean to actually listen and hear what Jesus is saying we we have this experience. We all have the in one ear, out the other experience. Right? I, you've ever been in a college class, three quarters of what you did was in one ear and out the other. Right? We, we know this. It's just we hear stuff and it, and it comes through and it goes out the other side. Right? I have this experience a lot at home. Kristen speaking to me. I hear her, but I don't hear, hear her. And so you never told me that. It's like, oh, yes, you did. And you responded. Like, okay, I heard, but I didn't hear, hear. I didn't. It didn't get into my bone. It, I didn't register it. Another version of this is like you, you go out to have a hard conversation with someone and you have that hard conversation with them and at the end you walk away and you're like, I just didn't feel heard. You're not saying that they didn't hear the sounds. You're saying they, they didn't grasp what I was talking about. They didn't feel what I was talking about. They didn't internalize that. And so as we read this hear, hear, listen, hear, pay attention, hear, we have to feel the weight of what Jesus is saying. He's saying, don't just listen to what I'm saying, grasp what I'm saying, internalize, understand, embrace. And this is why Jesus uses parables. This is why he uses parables. 
Because a parable, the, the, word, the word in Greek is, is describing something that's set alongside something else. So he, he's saying the kingdom of God is like, and then he tells this story. And so he's setting the story alongside the kingdom of God and saying this is what it's like. But the thing that a, a parable requires is active engagement to understand it and to apply it. So the, Jesus uses parables to, as like a sorting mechanism. Like he can tell this cute story about a man sowing seed and three quarters of the people listening to him, they hear a story about a man sowing seed, right? They hear, but they don't hear here. And so the, the parables are a way that Jesus uses to sort out who's actually listening and who's just listening on the surface. It's, uh, I have a friend, many of you know him, he's, he uses puns a lot. He's very good at puns and I remember many times in a, uh, in a staff meeting at Carmel, he's on staff at Carmel with me, and we'd be in a staff meeting, and, and we'd, something would come up, and he would take what was being said, and he would make a pun from it, right? And like three of the people out of the 15 in the room would get it and laugh, and everyone else was just like, what just happened? Like they heard, they didn't even, a lot of times people didn't even realize it was a pun because he's so witty and so, you know, careful about what he's saying that only a few people in the room who are paying attention, who are hearing, actually decipher that that has more meaning than just whatever words were being said. And this is kind of what Jesus is doing with the parables. He puts out this story, and people who are actually listening understand there's more here to be grasped. And you begin to see this, this sorting that happens as Jesus draws to himself the people that actually want to listen and actually understand there's more at work. Eugene Peterson, he's an author, uh, Longtime author wrote and pastor said this about parables. He said, A parable is an interesting way at coming at the truth, and it's especially useful in getting past the defenses of those who are so familiar with the truth that they feel superior to it. It's an interesting way. He creates this interesting connection and a way of explaining the truth that people who just sort of assume they know the truth, it kind of gets around their defenses to the people that are actually like, oh, I need to pay attention to that. I want to know what this is about. I want to hear. I want to internalize. It's interesting that in all the Gospels that when they talk about the parables of Jesus, they start, the first parable that's recorded is this parable of the sower. This parable of the sower is the first one in all, all three of the Gospels that record it. It's this story of a man sowing seed and he sows it on the path and he sows it in the thorns and he's just, he's throwing it everywhere. And in, in the metaphor, in the parable, the seeds are the parables themselves. So this is a parable about parables. Parables are being sown out, they're being thrown out and they go different places and different people hear them and listen to them to different effects. And so when Jesus says, he looks at his disciples, they're like, hey, we don't understand that parable. He says, if you don't understand this one, how are you going to understand all the other ones? Because this one's kind of the key to understanding the other ones, meaning that you actually have to respond and hear and listen and understand what's going on in order to benefit from what I'm saying. And here's what gives me a lot of hope this week as I read this. Because you read the passage about him speaking in parables, then that feels like he's actually like hiding something or he's making it more difficult to understand the kingdom of God. And yet here's Jesus explaining the parables to his disciples. Jesus is ready and willing to explain to those who want to hear, to those who want to listen, to those who hear and say, I want, I want to know, I want to listen, listen, I want to hear, hear. Jesus is there ready to explain, ready to, ready to speak. This is the point of Jesus coming into the world, is that for generations in 
the Israelite Jewish faith, they had heard the commands of God, but they hadn't heard, heard them. They weren't responding to what God was actually doing. And this is the, this is the context Jesus comes into, is this context of the, the Pharisees and Jewish law and people who, were, who knew God, they knew of him, but they weren't actually listening to his voice. And Jesus comes and he says, I'm gonna find a few people to explain this to so that my kingdom will now begin to go forth. And he calls them to be with him and he says, I want you to listen. And this is the fulfillment of the great gospel promise in Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant, not like the old covenant. And here's how it will be different. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. It's like, I will take these people that have no ears and I will drill ears into them so that, the, so that it will go into them. This is Eugene Peterson's metaphor is like thinking about the different kinds of soils as people with, without ears. Like you can't, there's no good listening if you can't, if you don't have ears. And so what Jesus does is he comes and he actually creates ears so that the word can go in and get down in and be responded to. And that's what's happening here with the parables. That's what's happening with Jesus calling people to himself and saying, listen to me. I'm here to help and explain and allow you to actually respond to what I'm doing. And so as I thought about this this week, it was, it's deeply convicting to me. I feel completely unqualified to tell you about listening because I'm very bad at listening. My personal experience with the scriptures, with God himself, is that I'm a bad listener. (laughs) That listening requires uh, patience, and it requires long-suffering, and it requires attentiveness to actually listen to what God is saying and internalize it. And my experience, both as a person, as a pastor, is that I'm not the only one who's bad at listening. Our culture's not good at listening. Our churches aren't very good at listening. Our politicians are not good at listening. The, the moment in, in the first debate when Biden looked over at Trump and just said, ah, will you shut up? It's like that, that debate is like, that tells you about how good we are at listening to one another, let alone to God. But when we talk to one another, when we sit and when I sit with people in a mostly informal counseling senses, so much of what's wrong is lack of listening, sitting and actually hearing what the other person is, is saying. And we bring this, this failure to listen into our Christian experience. We bring it to the scripture. We bring it to our church services. We bring it to our spiritual disciplines. And it ends up obscuring the actual things that God is trying to say. Because listening is not a one-time thing. It's this ongoing experience of continuing to receive what, what Jesus is saying. We become, at least I have, I know many of you who have uh, followed Christ for a long time have become so familiar with the scriptures and with the content that a lot of what happens to you is that you listen without listen listening. I don't know if that registers with you. We say, we confess our sins and we, we listen, but we're not listening. We're not internalizing the active voice of Jesus. We bring it to the scripture where we 
half this, three quarters of the scripture, you read it and you're like, I'm pretty sure that verse isn't in the Bible because I've never heard it before. And then 5% of the Bible, you're so tired of hearing it, you never want to hear it quoted again. Right? This is a failure to listen. We pick out the things we like and we ignore the rest and we're not internalizing, hear, hearing. There's Gilbert Hyatt says, anyone who reads the Bible and isn't puzzled at least half the time doesn't have his mind on what he's doing. Right? If we were to listen, just like we, these, these disciples are listening to the parables and they're like, we have no idea what that means. Right? If we're listening to what God is saying, we should be puzzled. The listener's the person that responds and says, tell me more. I want to understand. I want to know. So I just want to give three, mostly by way of application, but three things as I was processing listening this week. Uh, these are not from the text uh, directly, but these are things that, that are, uh, have to do with what it would mean for us to listen, what it means to actually listen to Jesus. So here's three things. One, is it listening uses ears over eyes. Listening, maybe that's obvious to you. Listening, you use your ears, not your eyes. Knox is, whatever, he's 20 months and he's beginning to know his, you know, his facial parts. So I say, hey, find your eyes or find it. And when I say find your eyes, he goes, find your ears. So he's, he's finding the difference. We know the difference between our ears and our eyes. But do we understand the difference between listening and looking? Okay, looking is an active act. We are in control. Like, I can close my eyes and stop looking at you. It's a lot harder to close my ears. Right? Looking is what we do. It allows us to control. We pick up the scriptures, and we look for things that make sense to us. We look for things that we can write on a sticky note, that we can post on Instagram, that we look for things. Looking allows us to be active and in control, and as people, we like that. Right? We like to look because it gives us a feeling of control over what we're experiencing and what we're taking in. Jared Wilson is a pastor. He says, many, many times we're looking without listening. We're like, we're looking for stuff. We're looking around. We're engaging, but we're not actually paying attention. But it doesn't work like that, says Jared. Listening requires this like active passivity. Or you have to like stop and actually kind of pay attention in order to listen. And it's active, but it requires us to step out of the picture to relinquish control and to allow what's being said to be heard by us. And this is true like in, when we come to scripture, when we are in church services, when we are speaking to one another about things of the gospel, we, we have to actually have to use our ears. We're not as good at that. We like to be in control. We like to look. The second thing is that listening is more oriented towards relationship and not information. Eugene Peterson says, reading the scripture is not the same as listening to God. Reading the scripture is not the same as listening to God. If we read the scripture impersonally with an information gathering mind, we misread them. And I've found Somebody has studied the scriptures. It's very easy for me to move. Maybe so much of what I do is in information gathering mode. What can I learn about this? What does this mean? What does this have to tell me? But the primary practice of language is not information but relationship. Language exists for relationship, to know and be known by other people. And so when we come to the scriptures, we have to approach them with this mindful relationship with Jesus. And our, I think our Western kind of 
minds don't really like that. We, we want to know information. We want to know what I'm supposed to believe, what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to just tell me what to believe, what to feel, what to do. You know, relationships are dynamic and they take constant practice of, of listening. And so at least for me, I, I come to my, to my Bible impatiently. Like I want to get to the end so I can figure out what it is that this was supposed to mean for me. Think about if you approach your relationship like that, like Chris and I go on a date night and it's like, let's just get to the end of this so we can, so I can check the box and know what I'm supposed to know. And that's how we often approach church or scripture or engaging in gospel conversations with other people. We just want to, we want to get to the bottom line. And listening means paying attention for relationship's sake, knowing that the God of the universe is speaking to us. He does that through the scripture. He does that through other people. He does that through other things that we do. So when you approach, when you come into this room on a Sunday, when you approach the scriptures, do you do it with the expectation that you're in a dynamic relationship with God and that he is going to speak to you so that you can listen and hear? Without that, we're gonna be misreading and mishearing and we may be guilty of not listening at all in the end. So listening uses ears over eyes and it is for relationship over information. And the third thing is that listening requires focus over distraction. There's maybe nothing that characterizes us more than distracted. It's very hard to listen to God when we're distracted all the time. I do a lot of um, listening to podcasts but I, only, I can only do it while I drive because if I'm trying to do anything else while I do it, I just can't listen. Like I've found, if I'm, even if I'm like mowing the grass or doing something around the house and I'm listening to a podcast, as soon as I take my attention away and start doing something else, I like realize I haven't heard the last 30 seconds that was said and I have to go back and listen to it again. It's just that like listening requires our attention to close our eyes and focus. This is the spiritual formation part of this. There's nothing to be earned in doing this, but what is distracting you from listening to God? Is it just noise, life noise? Is it a lack of, of rhythmic intentionality in listening? Or maybe you are listening, but you're not hearing. Right? You're hearing, but you're not hearing, hearing and internalizing. This is kind of related to Sabbath from two weeks ago, but, but is distinct from it. We're actively listening requires us to put put our souls into it. Ears over eyes, relationship over information, and finding times and places and spaces for actual focus to actually listen. If we're never finding quiet space to, to, to put all of our energy into hearing, to asking questions, Jesus, what are you saying? What does this mean? How can I understand and internalize this? Then we're not gonna be doing it. It's, it's just easy to just kind of float along and hear without hearing. So I'm gonna just close by reiterating what I said before, is that Jesus stands ready to explain. He stands ready to speak. He is actively speaking. Are you listening? Are you hearing what he's saying? Are you, is, it, is it being internalized? Jesus invites us to listen and promises that when we do, he will speak and he will explain and he will give us a new heart. Let's be the kind of people that are listening to Jesus. Let's pray.
Lord, I ask that you would uh, make us listening people. That we wouldn't speak to one another or speak to you. We wouldn't come into this room every week to hear your word, but not hear it, to sing your word, but not hear it, to taste and see that you are good, and yet so often we don't actually taste and we don't actually hear. Father, convict us, draw us into your presence. Give us the grace. Come and be with us that you might explain to us as your disciples what it is that you are saying and what it is that you mean. I pray this in the name of Christ, amen.